Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this quarter's overview of ITR's Material Handling Equipment Distributors Association Report. I'm Patrick Luce, Speaker and Economist here at ITR, and boy, there's a lot going on in the economy. So I wanted to spend a few moments highlighting some of those key trends and can really start with the, the overview that's contained within this quarter's report and just highlight that there's a key timing relationship within the economy that we liken to almost like an economic train. And at the front of that train is the financial and housing markets. And those tend to feel the impacts of economic events sooner and faster. In fact, when we look at single unit housing starts, that has gone through a recession. And when I look at the leading indicators in that space, and when I look at the uh, rates of change in the single unit housing starts, we're already showcasing signs of recovery. And a reminder here at ITR Economics, when we talk about recovery, we're not talking about growth, but we're talking about 12, 12 rates of change that are getting less negative. So the front of the train showcasing some signs of recovery. But when we look at the middle of the train, thinking about the more coincident economy of the macroeconomic environment, things like industrial production, new orders, retail sales, wholesale trade, all of these segments are showcasing that slowdown and creeping towards recessionary territory. I know we've been talking about this quite a bit uh, in these quarterly updates, but did want to continue to emphasize we are still calling for a recession in 2024. In fact, we are seeing it already pop up in several spaces within the economy. Now, we're looking at that train and working our way a little bit further back, lagging behind that middle portion of the coincident economy are things like prices and wages, which are a bit stickier and take more time to react to economic headwinds like the interest rate environment. And then at the caboose of the train is non-residential construction, which is generally still in phase B accelerated growth. But we're seeing the headwinds in place there where it is coming towards a peak and transition to slowing growth between the tightening credit conditions, between occupancy and prices within the non-residential construction space pulling back on that activity. So just keep in mind the timing relationship within the economy and think about your relationship to each one of those segments as we work through that economic train. And as we're creeping towards the end of the year, just wanted to highlight uh, a couple of the key points uh, that I want to make uh, as we head towards the end of this calendar year and start thinking about planning for 2024. I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but we're talking about 2024 as being a recessionary year, making sure that you have the right management objectives in place now to help hedge and buffer the cyclical decline. Make sure that you are planning for uh, weakness within your markets from an organic growth standpoint, but also keep in mind that with recession, we'll pull back on uh, the pricing environment. The wage environment will have a little bit of easing. So if you want to lock in some contracts, maybe get some more leverage within your negotiations, the 2024 timeline is going to be a good one to do that, especially as we look at the supply chain pressures. Those are continuing to ease, and that's going to help with lead times. It's going to help with uh, your, your raw material prices. And again, this is going to be a time period come 2024 to potentially stock up on some inventory. Again, buy low, sell high. Such an easy concept. But when is the low and when is the high is the, the tricky part that we're here at IPR to help you with. And that's what we want to focus on, again, for 2024, is to leverage some of those 
opportunities, as we'll frame them, to position yourself for organic growth come 2025. And with that said, when I look at, say, the manufacturing space specifically, we're looking at those new orders weakening. The economy as a whole is creeping and slowing down, heading towards that recessionary territory. And with that said, there there's some key uncertainty drivers. And I want to unpack these drivers a little bit further, but I'm just going to kind of name them off right now. Obviously, the, the situation in the Middle East proposes significant geopolitical tensions. We want to frame that in an economic sense of what it means to our outlooks. Uh, the higher interest rates just continue to be a threat. The Fed's delay in bringing down the federal funds target rate can delay in unwinding the yield curve. What we are seeing is that the yield curve inversion that has been in place for about a year now is starting to see the gap close naturally as the long-term bond yields creep upwards. Uh, something to keep in mind. And I'll continue to pitch that the ITR team is continuing to publish FedWatch videos on YouTube. If you go to YouTube and type in ITR Economics FedWatch, you'll see our CEO, Brian, just continuing to talk about the interest rate environment. They're five-minute long videos, a great way to stay in touch with us in between these reviews. And this third uncertainty driver, and I don't want to say uncertainty driver, but something that's going to continue to pose challenges, is that corporate profits are weakening. Thinking about just the margin pressures that are present, especially when we focus on the labor market, where we see that wage growth is still persistently high from a relative terms when we compare back to the past couple of decades here. And combine that with the fact that we are seeing manufacturing uh, labor force productivity decline and pull back. And so when you combine the fact that wages are growing and output per hour is decreasing, that's going to continue to pinch and pressure margins. Corporate profits have been weakening. This will continue to cause pullback on business investments. Now, it can't be just that pessimistic economist out here. We, we do want to recognize that there's still opportunities out there. As I mentioned, the non-residential construction space is still showcasing a good amount of growth. Uh, this growth is expected to transition from accelerated growth to slowing growth, but still growth nonetheless. Make sure that you're finding those appropriate opportunities, and it is a bit more uh, tailored to the industrial space, thinking about warehousing to a certain extent, but more specifically, the manufacturing space. Very hot, very accelerated growth, uh, over 60% in that space. And so that's just going to continue to provide opportunities if you can mine them, as will certain incentives in the marketplace, whether it's infrastructure spending coming from the government, or if it's looking at just the, the tremendous amounts of reshoring trends going on in the economy. Now, when we look beyond 2024, again, recognize that we are talking about 2025 as recovery and growth by year end for the economy. Making sure you keep that in your focus, in your line of sight for your planning. You don't want to get overly pessimistic as the economy pulls back in 2024. Use this time period to build your strategic plans. Beef up your corporate culture. Focus on talent retention. Focus on your system and process efficiency improvements to contend with a persistently tight labor market coming on the back half of 2025. And recognize that we here at ITR are talking about the back half of this decade being more inflationary, in part due to the, the labor and wage environment. And that's going to bring about a tougher interest rate environment than we've experienced in the 2010s. 
So keep that in focus. There will be a dip in the pricing environment, likely a dip in the interest rate environment coming in 2024, more specifically early 2025, and use that to inform your planning and thinking. And as I mentioned, wanted to unpack these uncertainty drivers with you a little bit more acutely. The first one is thinking about the Middle East. And this chart here is looking at the uh, world oil gap relative to the crude oil spot prices. And that gap, I, I love this chart because it is just that fundamentals of economics in one line here. Because anytime this uh, green line pokes above zero means that we have excess oil supply. That's going to place upward pressure on prices. And anytime it's below zero, we have excess oil demand. That's going to place downward pressure on prices. We have a bit of a, a competing effects here within the world oil gap where the global economy's cool down is going to continue to cool off demand for oil. And the flip side, you have OPEC cuts that continue to eat away on that excess supply. Thinking about OPEC, OPEC plus, Saudi Arabia, Russia cutting the oil supply. And that has uh, been pulling back on uh, the price declines that we've been seeing. We have been expecting more pricing stability from the oil markets. But the Middle East, when we factor in the, the geopolitical climate in Israel and Gaza, uh, it is a risk to that outlook. Right now, there are no immediate changes to our forecast. We are watching these oil prices carefully, but so far, the stock market and oil markets seem to be taking it in stride. I think the real danger comes in escalation that could involve Israel's neighbors or Turkey, and that could trigger more oil tension. And consequently, a heightened tension within the area could lead to container ship transport difficulties. So just want to keep that in mind. Right now, we are seeing that the the, uh, again, the stock market, the financial markets, the oil markets tend are generally taking this in stride. But again, stay in touch with us as we continue to stay in touch with this environment. Another uh, uncertainty driver that we pose, and again, it is just a, a general challenge that businesses are facing, is the interest rate environment. And I know we've talked about the yield curve inversion quite a bit uh, in past report recordings. But for right now, I do want to just kind of emphasize that the inverse yield curve is more about it being a signal of economic challenges. It's not necessarily that the inverse yield curve in and of itself is what drives challenges in the economy, but it signals a rapidly tightening environment, a rapidly uh, increasing interest rate. And the, the consequence there is what I wanted to focus on is the tight credit conditions that are very present within the economy. This chart here is just looking at survey data from domestic banks and the net respondents who are signaling that they are tightening their credit conditions for a variety of types of loans. The top one there is for commercial real estate. 71.7% of those banks are signaling that they are tightening their standards for commercial real estate. And that is above the 12-month moving average, meaning that that pace is likely to continue to grow as well above what we were seeing pre-COVID. And that's a general trend, whether we're looking at credit cards, auto loans, just consumer loans. Uh, these are persistently increasing, and that's going to continue to cause pullback on the consumer's ability to spend and business investment. And that's going to be a key driver of the economic challenges that we will continue to face 
come 2024. And just know that these tightening standards tend to lag from when the Federal Reserve starts to loosen its monetary policy. So again, expect tighter conditions through 2024. And the last factor that we're focusing in on here is kind of that core indication of waning momentum within the uh, capital expenditure space is profitability. And this chart here is looking at, in dark blue, capital goods new orders, non-defense capital goods new orders, and in light blue, profits, you know, non-financial uh, domestic corporate profits. And that 312 rate of change for profits leads by about nine months. So signaling that the next three quarters or about three quarters is going to have continued ongoing weakness. And you can see that the profits have dipped into negative rate of change territory. Typically, when that happens, we see new orders dip into negative rate of change territory because businesses are just pulling back on their reinvestment within their own space. And that's going to continue to be something that we need to contend with, something that we're going to continue to track is this profitability. As I mentioned, the labor market wage environment is one of the key drivers and uh, that's pinching these margins and pinching profits. So one of the, another leading indicator signaling weakness. But when we focus on just the broader leading indicators, again, the ones that we include within your report, is that we have some mixed results here. Uh, ITR leading indicators signaling some green shoots in early 2024, as is the OECD leading indicator, the Purchasing Managers Index. You reverse that with things like the retail sales leading indicator, still negative, the capacity utilization rate still red, uh, and then leverage the tightening standards and interest rates and profitability. We're still getting those signals of challenges, especially as the Fed remains hawkish. So thinking about the recession to come, make sure you emphasize your culture. Lead with optimism. Remember that phase D recession is temporary. Use this time period to consider your capital equipment needs for the next cycle, especially those capital equipments that, that have long lead times. And just remember, innovation is key. Develop new products and services for the coming years based upon market intelligence. Using a slowdown period is a great time to do that. So you're ready to deploy those strategies when the market is growing again. And just as a, a key, key distinction there is that market share gains is the key to riding out a recession, but we are expecting organic growth in 2025. And that can be just generally framed with your market's dashboard here. We do have the, the general themes within the market dashboard. Some of the the key trends I wanted to home in on is the, the changes that we've seen. Obviously, we have industrial production, non-defense capital goods, new orders in here, getting very similar signals as the last report. But when we look at material handling equipment, new orders, that third one from the top, that, that forecast has been revised. We were seeing that there's been some near-term upside pressure that was exceeding our original forecast range for the second quarter of 2023 data through August suggested that deviation was likely to widen in the near term. I think a piece of this is just businesses' willingness to displace uh, elevated labor costs, this business cycle, and that, that displacement is to different tools of automation, different tools to help maximize their existing labor force. And so that's helping mitigate the contraction that we are expecting in next year. It's it's also mitigating the outright slowing decline that many other segments of the economy have been facing. And we just got to continue to recognize that 
nearshoring initiatives and positive effects from the infrastructure investments have the potential to continue to push these trends beyond our expectation. It is an upside risk. With that said, despite that ongoing growth in new orders, it is in phase C slowing growth. We do have an elevated interest rate environment that is expected to translate into industrial sector recession and easing demand for material handling equipment next year. So expect that 12-month moving total decline for the majority of 2024. Another key space as we kind of work down to North America light vehicle production, uh, that ticked down to 13.2% in August. That marks a tentative transition to slowing growth for production. Uh, the United Auto Workers Union went on strike in September, employing a targeted work stoppage strategy that uh, the big three automakers in Detroit. And that ongoing strike is likely to put downside pressure on production in at least the near term. At this juncture, we are not changing our forecast, but again, one of those instances that we're monitoring and stay tuned in the coming months because we will assess the impact of any further developments as they relate to this production outlook. And then the last highlight that I wanted to focus in on is the food production index. This transition to recession in August, and that was a little bit unexpected. We have been planning for mild rise for production this year. But with that said, we've had some extreme weather and plant closures that disrupted food supply chains, and that contributed to the mild decline. It's a little bit outside of the economic fundamentals. With that said, we're expecting that 12-month moving average to decline into mid-2024. It'll be relatively mild for production compared to other industrial markets, uh, especially the durable goods market, uh, given just the relatively steady demand for food products. And recent accelerating rise in industry profits, and this is kind of a finite space, but industry profits for food production poses an upside risk to this forecast that could be used to improve production capacity. And that, that could help give uh, an earlier lift within this space. So as always, I'll probably say this at the end, we're, we're drinking from the economic fire hose during these sessions. So if you ever have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. But for now, just want to wish you all a happy fourth quarter. Hope everyone's year closes out great and have an excellent start to the new year. Thank you and have a great one.